the, the lady checking us in, somehow they had it with my son and I. And my wife's like, no, it's I'm Lisa, and this is Chris. But in Lay is saying something, like, that's our 15-year-old son. He's not taking a couple's massage with his dad. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And we are excited to welcome back Chris to our show. Chris has to be a four or five Pete guest at this point, And we love having him on and we love living vicariously through his disposable income. So welcome <laughs> back, Chris. Thanks for having me back again. I appreciate it. So Chris, you are always taking these fantastic trips. And so we love having you on to talk to you about all of your adventures. But today we're having you on because we wanted to talk about your most recent trip aboard Royal Caribbean. Now, normally you are a concierge sailor on Disney Cruise Line, but you decided after, you know, some fits and starts with Disney over when they might get back to some of your cruises to book a suite on board Royal Caribbean. And so we wanted to hear your reactions as between sailing in a Royal Caribbean suite and Disney concierge. But before we do that, Chris, can you help our listeners just orient themselves into your Disney cruising background? You know, how many have you been on and what has your prior experience been with Royal Caribbean? So we've been on 16 Disney cruises going back to um, 2000. It was just my wife and I before we had kids. And this was our first Royal Caribbean sailing. And, you know, Disney kept canceling sailings. And my looking at the school calendar, the eight, week of 8-2 was the last week we had available. And we had the dream booked. And then Royal Caribbean announced their sailings over a weekend in June. And I was looking at it. And I put it on hold. And Monday morning, Disney canceled our dream sailing. So it made up my mind for me. <laughs> For for our listeners, Chris is on Twitter, Chris in the concierge room. <laughs> yes, in the concierge lounge, actually. Oh, in the concierge lounge, sorry, yeah. in the concierge yeah, yeah, lounge. Yeah. And Chris sails, obviously, regularly on Disney Cruise Line, but is, you know, a concierge cruiser and likes to sail that way. Yeah, and we did an episode with Chris a while back now in our catalog on sailing in concierge and sailing in some of the higher-end suites on board Disney Cruise Line. So he is a true expert in this area. We love comparing and contrasting on the show. So let's dive in, Chris. Why don't we start with... What was the experience like for you as between sailing concierge and sailing in a suite on Royal Caribbean? So the biggest, the port was kind of a different thing. Um, and, I, and this could be COVID, so I don't want to ding them too much for this. But boarding the ship was really just a kind of a cluster. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm used to, you know, going to the concierge platinum line, get your passports out. You know, do your stuff, put your passports away for the rest of the trip. We literally had our passports out, our vaccinating cards out, I think three or four times for different people in different stages. And then we, we board the ship and there's, there's no real direction. We're one of the first families on the ship and it was supposed to be, the mustard drill was supposed to be anytime next two, three hours or something. Immediately someone's yelling at you, you know, where, where's your mustard station? Where's your, and long story short, we go do that. They give you these little stickers to put on your room key, but we don't have our room keys. So, so, so you're like, just holding a sticker? Yeah, like you know, like gold sticker, like the star you get when you're in grammar school. Imagine <laughs> a sticker that big. Now I'm holding four of these, trying not to lose them, because our room keys are apparently at the room, but the room wasn't ready. And there was no real direction. I'm just you know trying to get our bearings. So the first 20 minutes was kind of a little bit of anxiety. But once we got settled in, we went and did a sit-down lunch there, which was, it was great. Nothing, you know, spectacular. But did you get your room keys before you were? No. Oh, so you're still holding these stickers then at lunch? Yeah, I'm holding these stickers. I have my backpack. I have everyone has all our carry-on stuff, and so we eat lunch. It's fine. 
And they asked me if I had the drink package. And I'm like, no. And it's like, well, we had got a, my wife got a glass of wine. I've got some sparkling water and stuff. They're trying to figure out how to charge us because we don't have a room key. <laughs> so literally after like 10 minutes, I'm not exaggerating. I'm like, you guys figured out. We're in room 1640. Figure it out. And we left. That's how it should be. You shouldn't have to stick around and wait yeah, for them so to then figure it out. From there, we you know figure out where, you know, I'm so used to Disney, a concierge guest. As soon as you board. A concierge host greets you for the most part. It's 95%. Sometimes they're in between and miss a person, but they greet you and they kind of take you to where you're going kind of deal. And the Royal Suite was supposed to kind of come with that from reading what Royal says, but we never met anybody that to greet us. But we finally figured out where our room was at. Our keys are right there in the, like with a fish extender thing would be, I don't know what it's called on theirs, but, and we opened the door of the room and it was like, wow, it was just un believable the royal suite on this ship is about 1600 square feet or in the dream it's 900 oh wow that's a huge difference it's 700 extra square feet yeah and so as soon as you walk in the first thing that we had a grand piano which you know i really you know i took some lessons in the first grade so i guess those came in handy but (laughs) did a little chopsticks yeah so you you know this grand piano it's this great big foyer entrance and then the bedroom was to the right and the, the first thing i noticed i was like wow there's all kinds of room around the bed in the Disney ships. You know, you have a queen bed. I think the Wonder now has a king size bed, but it's pretty cramped around the bed and area on those royal suites. On this one, on one side of the bed there was four or five feet, and the other side of the bed there was fifteen feet. So it was it was it was unbelievably huge. The way the balcony worked, the balcony stopped when it got to the bedroom. So you had floor-to-ceiling windows in the bedroom just looking out to the ocean. It was really, at nighttime, seeing other ships off, you know, five miles away where you're laying in bed was really incredible. So, Chris, I know for you and for other concierge guests, one of the hallmarks on Disney is that pre-sale experience, the shoreside concierge. Did you get anything like that from Royal Caribbean? Not really. So about three or four days before our sailing on Twitter, I I tagged the Royal Caribbean blog and Royal Caribbean said, hey, is there a shoreside concierge? We haven't heard from anybody. And we had booked some stuff online through our travel agent already. And they directed me to a web page that actually hadn't seen. It's not easy to find. It listed what benefits were and stuff like that. Well, okay, great. Whatever. I kind of had the gist of it. Well, rant, that was like you know, in the evening. The next morning, I get this email from concierge. And it turns out it was the... They had one concierge on board. She was great. Her name was Annalena. And she's the one that emailed me and had asked if I had any questions. It almost seemed like it was in response to me asking. I had a couple simple questions, nothing mind-blowing or shaking, just a couple questions. So she answered them. And she actually came to our suite on board the first day and talked to us and really great and said she could help us with anything. And she did. You know, it's not quite as a personalized touch, but she was doing a really good job and she was a one person show. Wow. For how many suites do you know? I think there's about 40 if you break down all the different classes of them. Unlike Disney, where there's three classes, there's seven, six or seven on these ships. Wow. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we've sailed on a suite on Celebrity with my parents and we've gone on cruises with them a lot. And the suite category typically encompasses a lot of different rooms, frankly, that would qualify on Disney perhaps as non-suite or just those deluxe family staterooms. So sometimes on some of these cruise lines, what is the family deluxe stateroom with a veranda on Disney would be, I don't know what they call it, a sky suite or something like that on board Celebrity. Well, and we have a celebrity booking coming up in September, and we're in a in the suite category, the retreat thing, or whatever it's called. And a person contacted me on Friday and said, "You have ten or fifteen minutes. I have a lot of questions to ask you," and went over everything. So I was like, oh, way above and beyond Disney. I was like, "Wow, this is 
I'll just, I'll just wow. I mean, what kind of wine would you like in your room? I mean, just a bunch of questions, setting a bunch of stuff up for us. I was, I was really impressed. So well, my, my Royal Caribbean ship did not, but our celebrity room does. I wonder if that's just the difference between what Royal Caribbean and what celebrity does in general versus if it, or if it has more to do with what level suite you're in. I think also that there's a kind of a price point. So Royal Caribbean, the suites are awesome. The price point is awesome compared to Disney. The celebrity suite we have, it's not cheap. And compared to, it's it's in line with more of in line with Disney. So randomly I had our you know our dream that matched up with this Royal Caribbean sailing and I had the Fantasy Seven Night in September that kind of lines up with change of the celebrity cruise. I'm actually paying we had the Royal Suite on Disney and I went all out and got the iconic suite on Celebrity and I'm paying more money, about twenty percent more money. But what it comes with is unbelievable. I mean all all dinings included the specialty restaurants and stuff like that. Where on the Royal Caribbean it was about 35% cheaper than the Disney sailing. And for my kids, we had the room next door, which was the owner's suite. And it was $3,800 where Disney one bedroom for our same sailing was $9,500. And this owner's suite was much nicer. It was about two to 300 square feet bigger and laid out so much better. But it did only have one bathroom where Disney would have had two bathrooms in that room. And with a 19-year-old and a 16-year-old, they would have liked to have two <laughs> bathrooms, but they survived. Now, I don't know if Royal Caribbean does this, but we've sailed Celebrity and some of the suite categories come with like a butler. What were some of the other amenities you got with the suite on board Royal? So they did have a concierge-type lounge that in a couple times during the day, very similar to Disney, they'd have some light snacks and, and drinks. But on this ship, it was like so out of the way and far away, we didn't utilize it much. And the room came with a bottle of champagne when we opened the door. That was kind of cool. But other than that, it didn't have much more amenities than any of the other suites on board. Or, and those really don't have a whole lot of amenities compared to regular room. Like on Disney, on the Royal Suite, the Wi-Fi is free. It's crappy Wi-Fi, but it's free. I had to pay for it on Royal, and it was blazing fast internet on Royal. Now, in Disney, I know they try to keep the concierge rooms kind of consolidated down into one area of the ship. On Royal, is it just more spread out? Yes, yeah, somewhat. And I'm not... We were kind of midship on Deck 10, and I know... Going towards the front of the ship, there was more suites, and I believe there were some on deck nine, but I'm not 100% sure because I never really paid attention to the other suites where they were. I know deck 10 had an abundance of them. What ship was this on? on this Royal? was Freedom of the Seas. Oh, so you were on one of the really big ones. It, it's only 4,700 passengers, I believe they said, maximum, and we had 1,700 people on our sailing. Wow. That's a, I mean, that's a really low capacity for a ship that, for a ship that size. So yeah, it was... Really, a ghost town. It was on the sea day and the promenade deck. You would see maybe three or four other families, and that was it. The pool deck was obviously busier, but never anything that you'd normally see. Did you get any other sort of like special access to anything, Chris? Like, you know, tours, restaurants, anything like that? When you have the Royal Suite on Royal Caribbean, you're supposed to get several behind-the-scenes tours because of COVID, they didn't have them. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I was like so bummed, especially since like you know the website still said it. So I actually bought a pair of jeans because you had to wear long pants for that. And I wasn't going to wear my suit to this tour, and yeah, I packed a pair of jeans for nothing. <laughs> Oh, do they, would they, would they normally like take you through like the galley and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. There's was some several cool... areas, there was several different tours. I was like super excited for it. And so was my son. And it's like, we get there and it's like, nope, COVID. I'm like, ah. Oh, that's a bummer. They should have had a, a disclaimer on the website telling you that. Yeah. One of the other perks was at the port, when you did board, you had 
we had to pick a port arrival time, but we had a, a two-hour window base, or actually a three-hour window, because if your arrival time was like two to three, you can come one to two, all the way to four, basically. And they had a separate line, obviously, which had nobody in it, which was nice. That went super quick, that part of boarding. And then when you got off, we didn't have to, you know, due to COVID and normal how they call the luggage tags on any ship, we were able to leave whenever we wanted to. So that was kind of a similar perk to Disney. Did you get any special reservations at like, you know, some of the adult dining, or I guess they would call it specialty dining restaurants on board? Yeah, especially dining. And that's one thing. So we didn't, I believe they hold some back for the sweet guests. I actually had made mine like a month ahead of time. And one thing I did like that, I, I don't know if age, age is 15 but my son's 16, so all four of us got to go to dinner in the specialty restaurants every night. Oh, nice. So they had like a ad- kind of adult restaurants, but you could take a teenager too. Correct. And so I didn't see any little kids in them at all, but it was mostly, you know, high school type kids. And so that was kind of fun. One was a hibachi, hibachi restaurant, which my son actually loved. It was delicious. It was, we loved it. And then they had a chopped steakhouse. And then they had, it's called Giovanni's Italian Kitchen. And that was a standout. It was like almost Powell quality food, just in a real low key atmosphere, you know. Just casual. Yeah, it was very casual. In fact, we had that on our third night. It was, and it was the third restaurant we had tried, and we canceled our chops for the next night and went back there the last night. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was that good. It was outstanding. Overall, all the food was outstanding. We only ate in the regular dining room once, and that was the lunch the day we got on. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask how, how that was because I, I know that's where people tend to complain about. If they're gonna, if they don't like the food, it's not usually specialty restaurants. It's usually main dining. The food was great quality, but for lunch consisted of three or four choices. One was like a short rib, a chicken dish, a head, and they're all heavy dishes, and they're all like you know heavy creams, really good. But it's like, man, I just want a hamburger or sandwich for lunch, you know. But but the the quality of the food was delicious. So that was one thing I was kind of worried about going into this. And like on the pool deck, you know, they had like instead of the hamburgers and pizza up there, they had like a Mexican place had like tacos, burritos and quesadillas. My kids went there a dozen times. They loved it. Coming to the wish. Coming to the wish soon. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was, it was kind of for something different. It was nice. Yeah. Did, did they have any sort of like private sun deck area for sweet guests or a pool or anything like that? They did not. Okay. No, they don't. Okay. And, and it, it, unless I missed it, but I sure don't think I did. Okay. Let me take that back. Next to the suite lounge, there was a, it was in the shade though, but there was an area that had some lounge chairs and stuff. Kind of similar to what the Magic has. So a little outdoor area, but not. It was a little outdoor area. In fact, I don't know if you saw where I tweeted the picture of the basketball court. I took it from that area. Oh, uh, Chris, how long was this cruise? It was just a four night. So Monday to Friday. So I, I'm always curious, you know, because obviously we all know how amazing Disney is on the entertainment. And so I'm curious as to what the entertainment was like on Royal and then what sort of the other activities that are, you know, available that are maybe not available on Disney. So there, there was a show every night. I didn't go to any of them. My wife and daughter went to an ice skating show and they were they were blown away. They just said it was incredible the way they were, you know, on an ocean, an ice rink, and the what they're the tricks, you know, the, the flips and the, all the stuff they were doing. It was about a 45-minute show, and they loved it. So I never, and so they did that. And then new to us, I hadn't been on a cruise ship that had a casino in like 15 years. <laughs> yeah, we haven't been on one in a long time either. And so I'm not a huge gambler. We go to Vegas every three or four years, and so I'm not a crazy gambler. My wife 
not much of a gambler, but it was kind of fun to have something different to do after dinner in the evening. And my daughter being 19, she was allowed to gamble. So she thought it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and I was kind of hoping, you know, she would, I gave her like $20 and I was hoping she would lose it immediately. She ends a couple hundred, wins a couple hundred dollars. So thinks that's just how it works now. <laughs> oh no, that's not a good sign, Chris. <laughs> no. So we went to the casino most evenings for uh, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And next to the casino, there was a sports bar that had a lot of like um, ski ball, and a lot of the skill type games, like an air hockey table. So my son, would, we were doing that too. So we enjoyed doing that, something different. Because I know Disney removed all their arcades years ago. And then their promenade deck is really cool. Like, you know, the stores and stuff are at. There's, you know, I think there was five or six stores. Obviously, there's a couple jewelry stores and watch store. But then there was like a Ben and Jerry's ice cream. There was a, a cafe, like a coffee type place with pastries and stuff. That was kind of cool to go get something from the Ben and Jerry's you had to pay, but it was like a chocolate milkshake was four bucks. And here in California, it'd be $12. So true here in Seattle too. <laughs> yeah. And there, there was a, a pizza place that I believe was included. I don't think they charged that. And the cafe place only charged for the drinks. All the pastries and stuff were included. Oh, so like a Cove cafe. Exactly. But really big. I mean, like pretty good size. And But the weird thing was, I think it was a staffing issue. The stores never were open all at the same time. Oh, yeah. They were probably moving the staff between the stores. That's what they were doing. And it was just, my wife was excited to go to this one store. It's like, well, it's not open today. Okay. And they'd have a thing out front when it was open. So it, is, it was what it was. We ended up hitting all the stores. And luckily, we didn't spend too much money. So I was, I was fine. But the prominent deck is just really cool. It's just, it's, I think it was deck four. You're in it, and you can see probably three-quarter of the ship looking straight down. It's just such a long, open area of a ship that's in, in inside. This it kind of is, I've seen pictures of these ships, and it's kind of looks like a like a mall kind of in the center. Yeah, Sam, you're actually I think you're thinking about the Oasis class ships that have the the big central like canyon promenade deck. Yeah, I'm thinking the Symphony. Yeah, but it it would it had to be. Two hundred and fifty yards long. Wow, that's huge. Three hundred yards long. It was long, and there's actually rooms above there. I think there were three stories of rooms above there with windows that look into that. I wonder what class they call those. I mean, they're not. They're kind of like an inside state room, but not right. Yeah, you I get mean, yeah. So. I was because my son's like, do you think people are in those rooms? I'm like, ah. and I wasn't sure at first. And then next time we were there, I could see the light on like a, a pillow against the window. I'm like, I guess somebody is in that room. I wasn't sure if it was a facade at first or if it was actual rooms. So I know in the bigger ships, they have something similar that looks into that. They call it the Central Park area that's like outside. But this is all enclosed. So, yeah, it was there were rooms. I wonder if. I wonder if they call it like a promenade view or something. I bet it's in between. I'm sure it's not as, say, budget. I'm sure it's like more expensive to stay there than it is an inside. Yeah, I'm sure it's the next category up. Yeah, it's probably not an inside, but it's not a veranda or ocean view. So, yeah, it's probably in between. And I think if you like people watching on a normal cruise, it'd be kind of a cool room. But the trouble is our cruise, there's never anybody there. So. <laughs> Hey, DCL Duo fans, I don't know about you at this point in the show, but uh, I will tell you that immediately after we talked to Chris and wrapped up this show, I reached out to our travel agent over at Touring Plans Travel to book us on a Royal Caribbean cruise for 2023. So they have their sailings out through 2023, and we reached out and booked one because it sounds like such an amazing experience to get to Coco Cay. And so we just want to try it out and see what it was like. So if you're looking to book an amazing cruise vacation, whether that's on Disney or Royal Caribbean or just really kind of any Disney vacation as well, 
we highly recommend Touring Plans Travel as a sponsor of this show. So they're great. We love our travel specialist over there and the experience and service that she provides. And she's gotten us out of jams, booked last minute vacations for us. She's always there to help us out. And we just really appreciate our travel specialist over there. So we know you'll have a great experience if you reach out to Touring Plans Travel. If you do, let them know the DCL Duo sent you. Remember, you don't pay anything extra to get the benefit of their experience and expertise because Disney pays for them after you travel. So you're almost leaving kind of money on the table from planning a Disney vacation standpoint. And, you know, when those mishaps happen, they're there to help. They're there to sit on hold. You don't have to. So again, head over to touringplans.com slash travel. Let them know the DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And now back to our episode. Chris, I'm also curious, how was the how's the pool deck? What did that look like up there? What was the atmosphere like? What was going on on the pool deck? We never got in the pool. It was never crowded. Even on the sea day, the, the most crowded pool is the adult pool. Like the kids' pool, it wasn't like the kids' soup like on Disney. And the kids' splash pad area was like pretty quiet. But I mean, it was, you could have found chairs super easy. There was the ones that are like the Casabella type things were two together with a little thing over it. Those were available every time I went by. And so we were just, you know, just so busy doing other stuff. We never, and we had our own lounge chairs on our deck. So we never really used the pool deck except for going to get food and playing miniature golf. And there was a running path on deck 11, I think, that it was six laps for a mile. So I tried running six miles and I lost count and gave up after about 45 minutes. (laughs) Hey, that's that's amazing that you did it at all. So, (laughs) Chris, I'm also curious, did you get to experience the water slide on Royal Caribbean or did your kids and what did they think if they did? My son went on it. He loved it. And there's also something called the Flow Rider, which we've done at a resort we go to a lot. And we were supposed to do that on the sea day. And somehow, a week before our sailing, they swapped our sea day with Coco, and they didn't swap all our reservations over. So we had a massage that day, and my son had the Flow Rider that day, and those didn't get moved over. So he never did the Flow Rider, but he was fine with it. They have a couple cool big water slides and got the flow rider back there. That's really cool. I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot going on on that ship. The flow, the flow rider is like that surf kind of thing, right? Correct. You either do it like on a, a board on your belly and your knees or this one, I didn't see a stand up board. So I think they're only using the other type board here. You, you can do it on something that looks like a wakeboard, but I never saw anyone doing it on that. So maybe they don't do it there. It's a lot more dangerous. So were you able to rebook your spa appointments to experience that? Yeah. So it was kind of a, so we got back from, so our Coke sea day was supposed to be the first day of the second day of the sailing. And a week before my wife's looking at the app going, saying something about Coco on the second day. I'm like, no, it's a sea day. And she's like getting mad at me. I'm like, I pull up the app. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. I, maybe I am wrong. What turned out they changed it that week. Even like our room person on the first day when she introduced herself to us. And I said something like, she said, you know, I'll do your room in the morning. I go, we'll be at the island or the island all day. She goes, no, tomorrow's a sea day. I'm like, no, it's the island day. She had to call someone. It's like, oh, you're right. So we had spas booked. So when they swapped everything, I assume they just moved it to the other sea day. We get back from Coco and we have a message on our phone saying we missed our spa appointment. And by that time, they had nothing left on the sea day. So we ended up doing it on Nassau Day. It was really annoying. It's like, you guys couldn't figure this. You know, the right hand's not talking to the left hand. It was just... I mean, they're the ones who swapped it a week in advance. They they could have swapped everyone and just sent you an email saying anything you had booked for Coco Day... And anything you had booked for the sea day are swapped. Yeah, it should just all swapped. And then once we got to the spa, and I think they're a little short-staffed, the, the lady checking us in, somehow they had it with my son and I. 
And my wife's like, no, it's I'm Lisa and this is Chris. But and Lay is saying something like, that's our 15-year-old son. He's not taking a couple's massage with his dad. <laughs> and the lady just like couldn't get it. And finally, so my wife had the – and one thing, how you got to fill out the paperwork on Disney. I'm, I don't know if COVID, they've upped this or changed it yet. But we did it on – I said they had, they had it on an iPad, which they sterilized. And you filled everything on the iPad. But my son's name was on it. My wife was filling it out that, you know, her lower back and this muscle and that kind of stuff. And so – and then the person gave my wife the massage. I had a really, I had an awesome, great massage. I think I fell asleep twice. We get done, and my wife's like, "I don't think that was a massage therapist." I, she goes, "I could tell she was doing like hand signals with the other lady, and she was about rubbing my skin off in a few times." And it was this, yeah, it was. I, I think they were short staffed. And my wife got a facial the next day from the same way, and she did. She goes, "Oh, she did an incredible facial." I think that's what she does. I think they're just short staffed. And walking through the spa, you walk by all the treatment rooms. And I think I walked by 15 rooms. And I can think only two were occupied because the other ones, the doors were open. So it's like, I think there's a really small, you know, they got to get things going again. I get that. They can't, everyone can't come back at once for, you know, small sailings. I'm really interested to hear about Coco K because obviously we talk a lot on our show about Castaway Key and we know you're a big fan of Castaway Key. And so tell us what was Coco K like and what's the contrast to castaway key it is mind-blowing how big it is it's just you know when you're before we're sailing and like you know you guys know i love a cabana <laughs> of course i mean who doesn't love a cabana chris it's like i had so many <laughs> options of cabanas i'm like okay this one has a slide that goes into the ocean and floats on the ocean this one comes with this and that this one's by the water park this one's over on this beach so we, we, I went with the one, the floating cabana on the ocean. I was, it was awesome. It had, you know, slide that slides off into the ocean, had a couch, two other chairs. Then it had la- like four lounge chairs, a floating hammock thing over like a couple inches over the water. It was just, it was wow. It was just like, it was like, it was like God, Disney needs to do this. It's not that hard. Yeah. Well, and then there's like, there's like a real water park basically on the island, right? Yeah. So there's a, probably like a, a medium-sized water park, you know, if you compare it to like Disney's Blizzard Beach or something, it's, it's half as big as that, maybe a third as big, but it had quite a few slides and that they do charge extra. So that was $99 a person. So just my son and I did it, but it got to the point where I got tired of climbing the stairs. I'm, <laughs> you know, it's like, there's such low crowds. And it's like, there's, we'd want the ones that have like the tubes and the rafts. And then the other tower had this, like the ones where you just go on your back, or whatever. And, and it's one of the, I think it's the tallest water slide in North America. And I told my son, you can climb up there and do it. I'll wait here for you. I'm not doing it. And he was good. And they had a pretty good size um, wave pool. And it was a huge area, you know. And so they had several of these different areas. Then there was a place that had a big swimming pool. And where our cabana was, it was called the Beach Club. So it had the floating cabanas, then it had cabanas on the beach, and then it had an infinity pool kind of in the middle of all of it and like a bar around it and like tables if you wanted to have lunch there and stuff. So it was really incredible. It was just, but it was huge. I mean, it was a good 15 minute walk from our cabana back to the ship, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at a map of it right now and it looks like the water park is, I mean, a good I don't know, more than a third of the island. I wouldn't, it's not half. No, it's pretty good. It's pretty good size. It has a, bit, a lot of beach area and stuff for families. And there's literally, you know, a couple hundred people in it. 
Well, I am looking at this cabana or a photo of this cabana, Chris, and it's sort of like, dear Disney, uh, what, uh, what <laughs> an amazing cabana. Well, and that's a great way to for them to add cabanas, right? Like oh, that's easy. another thing. Yeah. 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 They can add cabanas easily without taking away the ones that are on the beach. Yeah. They got plenty of real estate on the ocean. Right. <laughs> and, and, so, and, and then there was only, I think, four of those cabanas. There was two sets of those cabanas. Like there was like one through 10 or one through something. And then the other half was a little while away. Where we were, there was one like four of them occupied. And there was like three people, three servers. So we basically had a server just at our beck and call. It's almost the point. It's like, okay, we're good for a while. <laughs> nice. I mean, I, you know. The Disney cabanas have some of this stuff, like the the fresh water shower. I don't think they have a wet bar. There's certainly no over the water hammock. There's a water slide off the cabana. Also talks about admission to the Cocoa Beach Club. Chris, what was the what was that? What was the Cocoa Beach Club? So that's where the affinity pool was, and they have like a bar and stuff there. And 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 I no, you had to pay for the drinks there, but all the food. So the food for the beach club is different than they have like something similar to Cocoa's Barbecue, not Cocoa's Barbecue. Um. Cookies barbecue, but the beach club where we were at. So when we're, you know, the guys showing us everything come out, there was a refrigerator that, you know, had water and soda like Disney would have. Then it had 20 kinds of beer, hard seltzers, Red Bull for me. I've never been so happy <laughs> to see Red Bull. Then the guy's talking about lunch, saying, you know, what time do you want me to bring you hors d'oeuvres? The food they brought us was some of the best food I had on, on the wholesaling. And the guy's going over, you know, lobster, shrimp, something. I'm like, I just want a cheeseburger. <laughs> so he, so I'm kind of off to myself. And I told him that. And then my wife's talking to him. So he brings a cheeseburger. And a, I think my wife had like a lobster sandwich type thing. And then he brought everything else on the menu. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I'm eating my cheeseburger. And I look over and it's like filet that's like perfectly cooked filet. <laughs> You're like, forget this cheeseburger. I put I put my cheese, cheeseburger down. I'm eating filet and I'm eating that came with some like there was rice and there was some other things that goes, go with it and, and potato, these potatoes that were like, delicious. I was like, oh my God, this, it's perfectly cooked. It was perfect. It wasn't cold, even though he delivered it out to us. There was some kind of like you know, spicy chicken something. There was some shrimp something. It was just like, wow. Wow. And then we, my son went to the water park. We come back like an hour and a half later. Here's this huge tray of all these desserts. And my wife's like, he put your ice cream in the refrigerator. hope it didn't melt. And I was like, he brought us ice cream and then all these other like brownie things, this cookies. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. It was, and it was all outstanding. It was just like really, really high quality food. So I was going to ask, with the Co so Cocoa Beach Club, it sounds like, it, is that in and of itself is kind of an add-on? Correct. So you have to have one of the cabanas there, I believe. But the cheaper cabana is, I think, cheaper than Disney's regular cabana. So it's not like it's crazy expensive. And then you get this food that's unbelievable. And they're waiting on your hand and foot, a freshwater pool, infinity pool. I mean, it's just really cool. And don't they have a restaurant on the island too? This like Not like cookies, but it's like an actual sit-down restaurant? I didn't even see that. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it could have been by the beach club thing because where you, when you walked into it, like we made a left to go to the cabanas and the pool was kind of towards forward to my right. I never really went even over there, but I saw like a bar and all kinds of stuff. It could have been there. And I wouldn't be surprised because they had a kitchen there making this stuff fresh. Uh, do they only dock one ship at a time at Coco Cay or do they have multiple? No, they dock uh, nor during normal times. They dock two at a time. So it's it's meant for a lot of people. And so I want to say I counted 60 or 100 and something cabanas. There was, there was 20 of these over the water one. And then the regular Beach Club commands, I think there was 24 of them. 
So on Disney, it's obviously it's near impossible to book a cabana, but it sounds like it might be easier on Royal. I, I think so, but you also have to pay attention because I was, I was kind of a, you know, we booked this cruise 60 days out. So I was kind of not, and I had talked to, you know, I'm used to short side concierge. This was like, I went on the website, I'm like, oh, I could just book this cabana right now. And anybody else could have too. And so I'm scrambling to book one of these cabanas thinking, you know, they're all, all going to be gone. And it's like, that wasn't the case at all. Well, yeah, I mean, I was going to say the fact that you got one 60 days out might be an indication, right? I mean, even if it's one ship and it's lower capacity, I mean, Disney Cruise Line Cabanas for Castaway Key are selling out and they're on reduced capacity. So, yeah, very interesting. We sailed August 2nd. I booked this cruise uh, June 6th. June 7th, I was like, oh, I wonder how the cabanas and stuff work. And I go on the website, I'm like, oh, I can book this right now. So I think if I had booked a sailing for next June, it's the same thing. I could immediately book the cabana. They immediately charge your credit card, too. That's one thing I don't like about Royal. Any of these things, they immediately charge your credit card. That's crazy. That's not right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's and that's so that even so, like the massage I paid for ahead of time. And that was kind of the confusion, too. I went to the spa with the problems like, they couldn't see what we booked online to what they offered on the ship. It's like the systems weren't connected somehow. And when we changed one of our dinings, we changed a restaurant. They actually, you know, it cost the same, but they actually refunded the one I booked online and recharged the one we went to that night. Everything matched up in the end, but yeah, so that was one thing that was kind of odd. And like our, when we went to the water park, I didn't book that ahead of time. And so we walked up the water park. I didn't know how much it even cost. And there's a person there. And I said, you know, how much for me and my son? She goes, it's $99 each. I handed her my card. She stuck it in the machine. Says, okay, you're good to go. Well, that leads me to another question, which is just, Chris, I think some of the other cruise lines, you know, we hear the refrain, well, they're going to nickel and dime you and Disney doesn't. What was your experience? Did you feel nickel and dimed on board Royal? I, I've heard the same thing. And I really didn't because, you know, the Ben and Jerry's, they charged you, but it was really cheap. But there was also free ice cream on the pool deck, just like Disney has. There was a Johnny Rockets hamburger place we went to for lunch one day. That was an upcharge. It was, for me and my son, I think $14. We both got hamburgers and drinks. So I didn't feel nickel and dimed. I mean, I, I, I did a couple times when I wanted, like our suite had Coke soft drinks in it and a couple bottles of water. And we wanted some sparkling water and I wanted some Red Bull. And, you know, I had to pay for that. But then I'm like, okay, I'm paying a third of the cost for this suite. It's twice as big as Disney's. You know, and then, then I thought, you know, on Disney, I'm hauling my old Red Bull on board. So, right, because they don't Red have Bull, it at I'm all. I'm able to buy it here, right? <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I heard that article. I don't think you really were nickel and dime too bad, especially restaurants. Hey, on Disney, you're paying for Powell and you're paying for Remy. So, it, it is what it is. I, I didn't feel nickel and dimed. I mean, I understand why they do the water park because. When they have two ships there, that'd be a lot of people trying to use the water park. So it kind of thins the herd a little bit. Well, and if you are doing, you know, Johnny Rockets, if you really want a hamburger and French fries, you could just go to like main dining or the grill or something like that, right? You don't have to go to the specialty restaurants in order to get certain food, except maybe like, you know, hibachi and things like that. Correct. I mean, I'm trying to think there had to be a place to get a hamburger elsewhere on the ship. I don't remember, but, you know, it wasn't that expensive. It was like... You know, it's like there was pizza at the, on the promenade. There's a pizza place, too. And I think it was really inexpensive. So I wanted to ask just about onboard experiences. You know, I we know that there are other lines that have roller coaster basically on the ship. A lot of them have go-karts and things like that. What were the kinds of things they had on this ship we don't see on Disney? I think the biggest thing was the flow rider, which was a pretty fun thing to do, and the ice rink. You could actually go ice skating in the ice rink. I think my, my daughter wanted to go. I'm like, no, you're going to fall down. You're not going. But you can go ice skating at sea. The 
sports bar had was really big, had a lot of other stuff besides watching games on it. Obviously, the casino. They still had a pretty good size arcade. The kids' splash pad play area, I think for people with little kids, it was really good size with a lot of stuff going on. It kind of reminded me of the thing at Alani where you guys were just at that, you know, it wasn't that elaborate or that big, but walking, it kind of, that's what popped in my mind when I saw it. Well, Chris, for my last question, I'm going to give you kind of a Sophie's choice here. You could sail the same itinerary, same length. Both itineraries are going to stop at the private island, but your choice is a suite on Royal Caribbean or concierge on Disney. Which one are you going to choose? We're going to do Disney. (laughs) (laughs) When it came down to it, we just missed a lot of things about Disney. What'd you miss? Yeah, what'd you miss? The familiar, you know, Disney's familiar to us. I, I don't know. It's just, I can't put a finger on a specific thing, but it just, I felt more at home. I feel at home at Disney. And the staff on this ship, everybody was, how can you know, smiling. How can I help you if you were like looked like you were lost? But it seems like you have more personal interactions with people on Disney. I don't know, and it could be part that there was so little people on board. You know, when I went to Disney World in July of twenty, it was weird feeling with nobody there. Right? We went back this last June. It felt pretty much normal again, even though I had to wait longer. It, it felt better, kind of deal. What about, do you think that the masks make a difference? Because I do think some of those personal interactions are, you know, when somebody can't smile at you um, or you don't see them. 100%, 100%. And so all the crew obviously had to wear their masks the whole time. We had to wear ours basically point A to point B. And when you're vaccinated, once you got there, you can take your mask off. At casino, there was no mask. I think the sports bar, no mask. All the dining, as soon as you got in the door, they'd say you could remove your mask. And that was kind of... On this ship, I think Disney's going to be the same way. There was areas where unvaccinated could not go on this ship. Several of the restaurants, the casino, and a few other places. Okay, I guess I've got I've got one more Sophie's Choice for you here then. If you could swap Coco Cay and Castaway Key, would you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, so Coco Cay, hands down, it sounds like beats out... Castaway oh, it's Key. Just so many options for all ages. It's just, you know, if you have little ones, there's splash pad area type things. If you have, you know, there's just so much stuff going on and so big, so many options, you know, hands down. All right. Well, I'm hoping they build a few more cabanas at Castaway Key, but I'm definitely hoping they build some options over at Lighthouse Point. It's, it's just a no brainer. Disney's leaving money on the table because there's so many people who would book cabanas you can't today. Oh, definitely. Six, seven hundred dollars a day. I did see someone post the other day, like Cabana 27. So that's on the adult beach. And I think that's the old spa cabanas they converted. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on and doing the compare and contrast with Royal Caribbean. You mentioned you're going to be on Celebrity. When's that cruise? September 25th. It's the makeup for my 50th birthday last year. Oh, yeah. Well, Well, we'd love to have you back after that cruise. We've sailed on Celebrity in one of the higher end suites and would love to hear your thoughts on the experience versus Disney. I mean, I love being able to do the compare and contrast. So we're going to have to definitely have you back. Well, and we'll do a triple compare, really, at that point, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely going to have to have you back on, Chris. Well, look, I really appreciate you coming on, Chris. Thanks again for taking some time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, it was really great getting a chance to catch up with Chris again. We always love having him on the show. He's just got some great experiences, especially on that upper end of the travel spectrum. And so uh, for folks out there interested in concierge or suites on board other ships, we love having that perspective. We don't always get to sail in that category. Although I will say that immediately following this show, we reached out to our travel agent and booked a spring break cruise in 2023 on Royal Caribbean in one of their loft suites. And we are so excited to give them a shot, especially excited to try out Coco Cay based 
based on Chris's feedback. So we'll let you know how that goes. We got a couple of years before that happens, or at least 18 months, I guess, before that happens. But anyway, excited to give it a shot. Really appreciate Chris coming on the show this evening. So with that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. We really do appreciate each and every one of you as listeners. You really help drive the show forward. So thank you so, so much for listening. As you head back out there sailing, please let people know we're out here. We're here to give them advice. We're here to tell their stories. We're here to just keep that Disney magic alive between those Disney Cruise Line sailings. So let your friends know, let people you meet on board ship know that we're here and we love putting out the show and we love having folks like you on. So thank you so much for listening. With that, just remember to please subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. You can also head over to our DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. Just browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo. Or you can join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like to help support the show, please remember you can head over to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation or Disney vacation. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. Or you can browse over to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and join one of our monthly support tiers. Again, we really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there. So thank you for supporting this show. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on this show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.